welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Demcast Network. I'm Kimberly Johnson, quarantined in D.C. Today, David T. Rex Ferguson is back on the show. You probably know him from the Thursday Bob Seska show, where he's part of the goth ninja crew with Jody Hamilton. Um, David is, is a fun guest because he could just talk about anything. And so today... I didn't prepare a damn thing. Usually I have topics that I want to bring up and I figured, you know, I'm just going to uh, see what happens when David and I do a show without any prepared topics. And so what it resulted in is, yes, we touched on COVID and we touched on some political things, but mostly we were just talking about stuff, whether uh, it was about clothes or television shows or, um, you know, again, we talked about people who are ignoring the uh, the pleas to wear masks and stuff like that. I mean, we just, I don't know, we ran the gamut. We talked about all kinds of things. So it's not my normal show. Normally, um, with the exception of when I interview actors, normally the show is uh, a discussion about politics specifically. So there was, like I said, some politics are in there, but really you're kind of getting a, 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 a fly on the wall of two friends talking. So... Um, like I said, it's a little different, and it's actually a little bit more like my patrons-only shows that are focused more on the personal, so more personal side, more personal stuff coming out. I hope you like it. Let me know uh, what you think in the comments, because that will let me know in future shows if, you know, maybe I'll do more future shows like that. If you don't like it, if you're like, no, please stick to the politics, I'm going to listen to what you have to say. So whatever you whatever you think, just let me know. Um Let's see. Is there anything that I want to get to? I do kind of touch on the fact that Miranda's feeling a little better. Usually I talk about her at the intro, so I'm not going to talk about her right now. But we did discuss that she's feeling a little better today, so I'm glad about that. Um, and then other than that, I, I think I'll just jump right into the fact that Start Me Up podcast is independent. It's supported by listeners, and it's woman-run. I don't use corporate backers, and I don't use advertisers, which we actually talked about that in the main part of the show, too. It's the patrons who keep the show growing. And, um, you know... I am always, 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 not only am I grateful, but I'm always like, wow, that person supports me. So I really appreciate it. And, you know, I just ask that if you like the show today, take a look at the front page, check out some of my past guests. I've interviewed all kinds of celebrities and political people. Um, you know, each show is a little different. If I interview an actor, obviously, I used to be an actor, so I kind of come from the point of view of like, I want to know where they studied, how they, how do they prepare for a role? Sometimes if it's a woman or even if it's a man, I ask about sexism in Hollywood. Um, sometimes I ask about the body image situations because obviously Hollywood is just filled with people who have body image issues. Um, but that's rare. Most of the time I talk about politics. So here's what you could do. You could become a patron, say for two bucks a month, right? If you become a patron for $2 a month, you get every show delivered to your email box. That's free or under the $5 tier. If you sign up for the $5 tier, you get, um, two patrons only shows per month. So let me just go back a little bit. If you sign up for anything less than $5, you get the free shows and you get one patrons only show. If you sign up for the $5 tier, you get all the free shows and you get both the patrons only shows every month, which like I said, are a little bit more like this one. They're a little, a little more personal and stuff. You know, oftentimes I do it with Steph Walton and, um, she and I are good friends. So it's got that kind of good friend vibe. Um, and then also you can visit patreon.com slash start me up. That's where you find all the tiers and you can sign up for any dollar amount, whether it's $2, 
or $50,000 a month. Whatever floats your boat. You can can make a one-time donation if you just visit the text of the Patreon description of this particular show or any show, or even in the About section. I include, I think in the About, I don't know. I include my email address, and that's where you can do PayPal. Some, you know, I, I know that there are people every once in a while, they're like, hey, I just I'm, I'm stopping by to say I, I'm a happy supporter of the show. Don't want to sign up every month. Here's X amount of dollars. If you want to do that, I'm game. Um, and then last, you can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher and wherever podcasts are found. And as usual, I will beg you to please stop by the iTunes and go to Apple Podcasts. And become a subscriber because it's free and it helps me. And give me a rating if you like the show. A good rating is always welcome. A good review is even more welcome. And I'm always, always, always so appreciative for it because I love what I do. I love what I do. And I'm so grateful that I get to do it, especially in uh, the time of COVID and especially while I'm dealing with an animal who's, um, you know, I got to be given around the clock care. So it really helps that I can be home and do this. And I appreciate all the support. I just, I I love you guys and I love your comments and I love reading them and I love engaging with you. So thank you so much. And now please enjoy my conversation with David T-Rex Ferguson. Welcome, David T-Rex Ferguson. (laughs) Hi, Kimberly. How are you? It's good. It's been a while since you've been, been on the show. I know. I'm so honored. (laughs) Has Kathy Griffin been here yet? Has she been in this chair? Uh, She has. She has. I, oh. I did talk to Kathy Griffin. <laughs> Let me kiss the chair. And you know what? Uh. She told me, because I kissed her ass, but it was sincere. She told me that I needed to be the head of show business. So <laughs> I'll take that. I'll I be would, the head of I show business. With that. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to be straight up honest. I have absolutely nothing prepared. And I kind of did that on purpose because, I mean, I know there are so many things that we can talk about. <laughs> you know, about. I'm an endlessly bubbling font of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like there's so much to talk about. It's not like there's going to be a shortage. But I, I normally have a list right. of topics that I like to bring up. But first of all, uh, talk. you know, the last time you were on the show, one of the commenters said something like, you know, you guys have such ease and you sound like your old friends. And um, so I figured that that chemistry would work for us. And then also, um, I know you come up with impromptu stuff to say all the time. So I feel like we can go over (laughs) some of the basics that, you know, that everybody's talking about, but then whatever happens to come up comes up and I don't care what it, whether it's politics or not. Okay. Cause I'm, I'm I'm free and say, but you know, I just want to say, um, I have not yet recorded my intro. So normally when I record my intro, I do the little update on Miranda. So I'm just going to, I'm not doing that when I do my intro. So I'm just going to say here, uh, I mentioned on my past shows and to you that, you know, she's experiencing dementia and, uh, you know, she's oh, my crypt. sweet she, old kitty. I know she's my little kryptonite. Like if anything happens to her, I just, I get weak. I get a stomach ache. I can't take it. And so I've been doing, um, you know, I, I, I've actually had to been to, I've had to feed her uh, for two reasons. For number one, because I, you know, she also has issues with constipation. So I give her this like bisque that I can put into an oral syringe and squirt into her mouth, and I add olive oil right. to it because I know olive oil is good for cats. And sometimes I give her probiotics. So I do all of that, um, and then I also have to give her stool softener, and then I also have to give her CBD, and I have this like whole round the clock regimen and. 
thankfully, first of all, uh, yesterday or this morning when I woke up, uh, I noticed she had eaten quite a bit of kibble, which is she hadn't been eating so much. So she ate some kibble. Mm-hmm. I don't have to force feed her today. And she's been going to the bathroom regularly. And she's totally acting like herself. And, you know, the... Um, the dementia will never be cured. It's only going to get worse. All I can do is, you know, give her anti-anxiety CBD stuff, and it does seem to be helping. So and keep um, her comfortable. Yeah, That's you know, and that when it gets to a point. Right. Where she's more unhappy than she is happy. Yeah. That's what and they say. Like it, when I was reading about it, they say, you know, it's, t- it's time to put them down when they have more bad days than good days. And it's basically about, you know, she kinds of hides in my closet, but right now she's not. So it's like if, if all she wants to do is stay in the closet, if she never wants to go to the bathroom or eat or, you know, if she hasn't contact. Oh are you trying to make me cry fresh no, out of the I gate? know. Well, you know what? Here. This has like, oh, been. Hey, T-Rex is coming on. Let's make him cry. <laughs> well, I've been fucking poor <laughs> Bob, I've just been this like emotional mess. And, you know, I mean, when you add COVID and Trump and all the horrors that we're witnessing, it's like, it's so fucking hard for me to maintain my sanity. And, you know, Bob and I moved in together in February of 2016, and he's been so sweet to work. Miranda's a little neurotic. I mean, she's not terrible or anything, but she's her own little cat, you know, and she's got her own weird things. And I remember, like, I used to have this, uh, this I don't know what it's called, but it's like one of those scratcher things, and on the top of it was a little circle for her to sleep. So a cat condo, like a cat condo. So Bob would, she'd sit on the top of it, and Bob would carry her around the house and call it her flying saucer, and then he'd he'd make fun <laughs> of her because she's got like a little white around her mouth, and he he's always saying he catch he's he's catching her eating the the those. Uh, frosted donuts or sugar donuts or whatever he calls it. And um, Mm -hmm. it's just cute. Powdered. Powdered, thank you. Powdered donuts. And, you know, she gets on his chest and she gives him love. And she like. And then now, she hasn't been doing this lately, but she would get on my chest in the morning and then look over at him Mm -hmm. like, okay, pet me, because he pets her a certain way. And she really likes it. And so it's like she gets on my chest and then she just stares at him. And it's so cute. And it's it's like, and he's so sweet with her. I'm sort of imagining Cousin Charlotte from Room with the Beast. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it's fucking hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's just hard, you know? I mean, you, she's gonna, she's 16 years old. So, you know, I, I just, every day with it's her. It's incredibly hard. Yeah. You know that our 18 year old Siamese had a terrifying seizure on our wedding day. No. In 2017. Oh my and, god. Oh yeah, no, and I had to. It's like four hours before the guests are supposed to, are, are supposed to start arriving. Oh my god. I took him to the vet, and the vet was just like, "He's, it's his kidneys are shot, oh. and he's got a mass of some kind in his brain, but it, we don't know if it's a cyst or a tumor, but it doesn't look good." And I was like, "I cannot put my cat down no. on my wedding day." Oh my god. Um, and it was the Memorial Day weekend, so that was Sunday. The okay. wedding was Sunday, and then we had to wait Monday, and then Tuesday was my birthday. So on my whatever birthday it was, 48th, mm-hmm. it was the 18 years to the day, so it was my wow. 49th birthday. Um, we wow. had to put him down. But That's then, crazy enough, like weeks go by, and this woman I went to high school with sends me a Facebook message with a picture of a Siamese kitten. She's like, I found this kitten. Do you oh, want it? And it oh looked exactly God. like one. Wow. 
And he, I mean, I could show you like pictures of the two cats as, as kittens, and you'd be like, I can't tell them apart. Wow. And he looks like Juan Carlos now. His personality Juan is not Carlos. the same. Not as <laughs> I love that name. Yeah. <laughs> his name was Juan Carlos the first, um, because he was he was very bossy as a kitten. He would get up on top of the refrigerator and just yell, and I was like, Who do you think you are, the king of Spain? Um, and he ended up Juan Carlos the first. I know this sounds completely counterintuitive uh-huh. for right now. But this is a good time to get a kitten. Well, you know, here's the deal. Um, I, I wouldn't get a kitten right now because Miranda has an issue with urination as well. Uh, and that, that was pretty oh, much... Oh, right, on, and she's marking her territory. Yeah, and so I'm not even going to fuck that up. But, you know, we've talked about the fact that it, it's going to be hard for me when she's gone because I've never not had an animal. I've always had a cat. And, but Bob and I... Um, okay, well, yeah. here's the argument in favor. <laughs> my old cats always perk up when there's a kitten in the house. Oh yeah, yeah. But this is it makes she's them a, she's a little different. And young again. She's a little different. I you know I don't want to yeah. I don't want to. And not only that, the thing is is that Bob and I uh, are kind of chained to our home because I don't have anyone who can take Which care of her. Which is the perfect time to have a kitten. Well, yeah, really, but the thing you, is, you know. is eventually COVID will be gone. And we're chained to the home mainly because of Miranda, because I can't leave her with anyone. If I were to take her to my mom's house, she would piss because there's two other cats there, yeah. and one of the other cats is a little bit aggressive with Miranda. So, And Miranda is very uh, sensitive, so she would piss. And then, um, Yeah, well, let's know, back this up to the meta issue, because yeah. like, I'm sure the dog people who listen to the show right now are just like oh my god would they please stop with the cat i know but um because <laughs> everything animals. right now you know there is a i can't somebody actually gave me the name of the phenomenon and it's gone right back out of my head but the ambient level of stress like you know in the soviet or the former soviet union none of the nuclear power plants had lead lined reactors they just were lots and lots of bricks and so the ambient level of radiation is higher over there hmm. just on a general daily basis and i feel like we have an ambient level of stress that mm-hmm. is yes. markedly higher than at any point in our lives. I, I totally and agree. For the yes. most sustained period that we've had. Yeah. Um, so I feel like everything bad that happens right now is extra, extra bad. It is. And that's what it coming... is. It makes it worse. I mean, we've got not only have we got COVID, we've got Trump and worrying about the election and worrying about how this is all, you know, not only worrying about is is Biden going to win, but, it, you know, we all know that Trump just recently said, and this freaks me out, he recently said that he would leave peacefully if he lost. That is such, first of all, we all know that's bullshit, but beyond that, in 2016... Yeah, it's a good thing he's not a compulsive liar. I know, but in 2016, during the debates, when he was asked if he would accept Hillary's win, he said no, and I remember the audience gasped and everything. Okay, so I think he was being honest at that point, but... Why would he say that? It seems to me that he's saying that because he's overconfident. Like, what does he know? What kind of cheating, you know, methods do they have in place that make him feel confident that he's not going to have to, you know, walk away and give up? So I don't know. I mean, he's so hard to read. Okay. Years ago, when I was freshly off of drugs, I went to (laughs) an... uh, AANA meeting for LGBTQ people in Atlanta. Uh-huh. And I was freaking out about whatever. People weren't acting right. You know, I couldn't get fuckers to do what I wanted. And I was just bitching <laughs> about it. And this drag queen was there. 
And she was like, y'all get the hoop. And I was like, hoop? And they put this hula hoop in the middle of the circle. And she was like, you stand in there, honey. And I went and stood in the hula hoop. And she said, everything outside that hoop right now is none of your goddamn business, darling. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, how dare you? Yeah. You know, like, because I'm not so like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, we have to mind our hoop right now. And, our, you know, our hoop, like, includes our partners and our immediate environment. Um, And this is where I feel like we have to go into the microcosm and we have to get really Zen about shit and just Mm -hmm. be like, right now I'm comfortable and safe. Mm -hmm. I have a hot cup of coffee. No one in my immediate family is in intense danger. Exactly. I'm I'm not sick. You know, I have a lot to be grateful for. Yeah. You know, I do practice gratitude every day. I mean, I, I've talked about this on the show before, that I'm, you know, utilizing law of attraction and basically manifesting. I mean, we manifest our lives whether we try to or not. Um, and so because it's all about the, the thoughts we have and, um, you know, if we have negative thoughts, we pull in the negative energy and we just create more negative energy for ourselves. And if we focus on the positive and we focus on the things, our goals um, and are open to, you know, whatever thoughts we may have as far as, you know, what works, you know, like they called it inspired action. You take inspired action. And so anyway, I have been... One of the things... Oh, go ahead. I have not been very good at doing the meditation visualization stuff right now because of Miranda. I, I, I feel ill, like, at you know, I, I'm, I'm not at ease and I'm feeling uncomfortable. But every day I wake up, every day before I go to bed, I, I notice the abundance in my life, whatever it is, if it's abundance of comfort, if it's abundance of, you know, cool air, just air conditioning, I'm grateful for. I, I am fucking yes. grateful for everything, um, you know, that I can think of because... It's true. It's like when you, when you focus on, you, you're right, like you have a cup of coffee, you're comfortable. Those are the things that are important right now. It, it sounds trite, but it's But true. also the thing about being a good parent or a pet owner or anything is kids and animals, they know they pick what's up, up with yeah, us. Yeah, they can pick they it can up. They can smell our chemistry. Yeah. They can smell our stress and fear. Yeah. And to be a good parent or partner or whatever, we you know, we to maintain an overall sense of calm yeah. is going to benefit everyone around us. But Part of the whole law of attraction thing, I don't—I haven't read that book. I don't know the specifics of it, but I feel like something that you learn growing up as a Southerner is that your voice, the way you talk, mm-hmm. and the way you sound to other people is like the song that you're singing about yourself yes. all the time. Yeah, I've, to I've everyone often you said meet. that. Yeah. And the things you talk about are your lyrics. And hmm. I feel like the people I know who are constantly singing this sad yeah. complaint song this constant blues thing it just draws more things that vibrate in mm-hmm. that harmony to you that's you know exactly what I mean? it like that's the- what the law of attraction is and it's like you know i mean it's not like you make a wish it's basically it, let, let's say you want to improve your business the whole idea of the law of attraction is you visualize what it is that you your goal you set that intent out there and then you do this like a medi- you can do a meditation and you see yourself as if you have it and that you're grateful for it and how you you know if you when you get what it is you're looking for you just put yourself in that body you visualize yourself in that body mm-hmm. being that person having that success whatever the dollar amount is or whatever it is maybe it's you're looking for love or whatever it is and you act as if you have it and you you're grateful for it that way and you know and the thing is is that's like deliberate that's a deliberate thing but like you're saying when you're just walking around singing your sad song 
um, yeah, it's true. That's the energy that you're putting out there. And I thought of a great way to describe it. It's like actors kind of do that in that, you know, you have to create a memory for a character. And so, you know, you, you, you put all this energy into, um, you know, let's say I'm going to play Blanche Dubois. So even though, you know, we've all seen the movie and we've, we, we know the story. If I'm going to, if I'm going to play her, I got to figure out my angle. I got to figure out my own personal um, portrayal of her. So what I do is aside from, you know, learning the lines and trying to understand her motivations, I create literal memories for her as her. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then when I go to act, I don't necessarily think about those memories because right now, as I'm talking to you, I'm not, Try, I'm not drawing on my past to talk to you. It's just there. So, uh, I, I, you know, you kind of use the memories that you create to just push you forward. If I were to continue to live my life as Blanche Dubois, as opposed to Kimberly Johnson, my life would be totally different because I would make different choices. <laughs> I would have different thoughts. You'd be Courtney Love. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, I, you know, I, I thought about that. That's a perfect way to describe it. It's like when you put yourself into a certain mindset, so let's call that the Blanche Dubois mindset, how would Blanche Dubois act if she, you know, in this situation, <laughs> so it's like, I, it's like, how do you, <laughs> and yeah, exactly. And how would I act as Kimberly who has the A success or B, whatever it is that I'm looking for. So you act that way and, and then you pull more of that into, or you find more of it. It just, it becomes more obvious to you. The universe like shows you uh, or brings you ideas that you can work on. And so, I just, right. you know, I mean, I think, you know, I know a lot of people might think it's a lot of hooey, but regardless of whether you believe in it or not, everyone manifests their own life. You have an idea, you want to do something, you put that, you know, you execute that idea, you figure out how to do it. That's manifesting. So it's just a matter of being more um, specific about what you want your life to be instead of just leaving it up to the random forces. Because, of course, there's, there's going to mm -hmm. be random shit that comes. You can't control everything. You know, but you can control how you, you can feel. control anything. All you can control is your response. Exactly. That's it. So I, you know, and, and it's hard because when you're feeling low and when you're feeling sad, it's very difficult to have, you know, I just keep telling myself, I have, you know, it's okay that it hurts sometimes, um, but I have to be strong and I have to deal with it in a healthy way. And I have to tell myself that. Otherwise, I just want to cr curl up in a ball and cry. <laughs> Which yeah. is all right every, uh, occasionally. I think it's critically important right now, though, in our, our personal spaces, like where we live, to make a as pleasing and yeah. like nurturing an environment as we can because we're going to be here for a while. Yeah. Yes, we are. I, because yeah, I was fucking... amazed. Like, go ahead. No, no, no. You could go. I was, I, I'm, I'm blabbing too much. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I just I went to the drugstore this morning to pick up my AG medicine. It was almost a very loosey goosey kind of show with with T-Rex today, mm -hmm. but I actually the <laughs> lightning struck my doctor's office and their fax machines and computers and everything just got like wiped and they are wow. unable to do. Yeah, it's com it's you know human beings we think we're so badass, <laughs> but Mother Nature seems to have the last word an awful yeah. lot, don't you think? D yes. She's like fuck your phones, she <laughs> <totally> <laughs> you know. <laughs> But uh, so it was really complicated. I had to go to the drugstore this morning to get my prescription finally after waiting three days. And I was the only person in there with a mask and gloves on. There really? were, I mean, there's a lunch counter in there. People are sitting and eating. Oh my God. Uh, and this is, you know, we've had record, we're breaking all the record. I know. It's just, I know. 
I know. It's really it, fucking pissing me off. And you know, I, there is this one person in my life who I've talked about this person on the show. I can't say this person's name. I'll just say she's an ally more than a friend. But her, our friendship ended because she was pissed off that people like me were promoting wearing a mask or, you know, being extra cautious during COVID. And I think about this person all the time because it's like, it's getting worse now. And she lives in a, in a state that's getting worse. And I, and I feel like these, you know, I, I lost another friend who was posting a bunch of bullshit on, um, you know, how COVID isn't as bad as we thought. And, you know, and, and I'm like, are you fucking serious? Do you, are, you know, why are you posting this? Do you even know? I mean, she was posting from LifeSite News, which is that ridiculous evangelical. Oh yeah. And so um, she just didn't care. It basically the message s- s- suited her own personal narrative of I don't want this virus to be here. So I like what this person says and I don't care who they are. And she even I'm said, "I'm pretty to me, sure, though, that like in situations like this, no one's ever regretted being too careful." I know, I know. You no. know, it's like when I was an undergraduate. I would, always, I, my friends and I were like, you know, I've never regretted staying home at night. <laughs> I've never been like, man, I should not have stayed home and gotten eight hours of sleep. That night. Know, right? You know, like it's just never, or you know, you just one of those things you never hear. Just like you never hear like another great French rock band, or, right? You know, um, a vocal performance of stunning subtlety and restraint from Christina Aguilera. It's just phrases that are never uttered, uh, and I'm so unhappy that I was so cautious about COVID. It's not one of them. It's it not just one won't of ever them. Be. No. I just wear your mask. It's just and so, even if, but I felt so self-conscious this morning right. because I would just, you know, I, I won't. I, mean, I won't feel self-conscious. I feel like y- y- you people. I mean, I'm doing this to keep you safe. And if you can't understand, at least where I go. Um, I'm still seeing, you know, I know in the grocery store it's mandatory. You have to wear masks at this point anyway. And, um, you know, I, I, am very limited in where I go. If I go to CVS or, you know, few other places I've gone to Petco a couple of times. So, but basically I've just really stayed home and I'm very fortunate. What kind of mask do you use? Uh, well my actually before this all started, my dad got me, um, he, he got two. He got the one that's like blue and, and kind of pushed out. Do you know what I'm talking about? It wraps around your head. What's it made of? Is it plastic or paper? No, it's it's like that. It's like that paper plastic stuff. It's the 3M stuff? Probably. Yeah. And then, and then I had, um, he also got the kind that have like the little folds that you wrap around your ears. They look like little squares. Right. And then, and then it was so funny because Bob and I got this box of masks and I remember that yeah, and nobody knew know. they were from it first. Yeah. And you were like, I'm going to put one on. And he's like, it could have anthrax in it. Um, <laughs> and, then and then thankfully it was, it was, it was from one of his advertisers. Was, yeah. Yeah. So that was fine. So, and that, those are good masks too, but we're actually going to be the running N95s, out soon. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're probably going to be running out soon. So we're going to have to get some more because this, this thing's going to go through the new year. I mean, there's no fucking way. My mom is already prepared to have Christmas and Thanksgiving alone. That just makes me want to cry. That's so sad. I just, I feel like my poor mom, I wish there was some way. I mean, yeah, we could do like a Zoom I thing. I feel like single people should be allowed to like pick a buddy, you know, and Yeah, and but share for their... me, for me though, it's like, you know, even though we're all taking precautions, I mean, just yesterday I posted a story about some rapper who got it and he said, you know, his lungs recovered, but his kidneys died. 
And so we just don't know enough about this. And I don't want to get my mom sick. Not only that, I don't want to get sick and die because for obvious reasons. But my mom doesn't have anyone else to take care of her. I'm it. So I want to stay healthy and I'm not taking any risks. I mean, I'm going to go see her, uh, I think, the not next week, but the week after. Have you talked to anybody in detail about what it's like to have it? A friend of mine was in the hospital for two weeks at Emory, and she was never on a ventilator, but she was on oxygen. Yeah, I have a and friend she who said, had it. What go did, ahead. What did your friend say? That it was like there was a like the virus was a burglar ransacking her house, oh my God. room by room. It's like it was one day it was in her lungs all the time, but then it would be in her kidneys, and then it would be in her liver, oh and then God. it would be it was just like her brain and start having neurological symptoms, and it was like it's trying out all these different modes of it's like it's just like what can i steal what can i eat mm-hmm. and it just it's she said it was absolutely terrifying because it's just it's she's like it feels like being taken over by something like mm-hmm. she it was just horrible from the moment it began till the moment I mean, she's still recovering but she's got like no permanent lug damage thank god but mm-hmm. she was really sick she coded in the hospital at one point her heart oh my stopped. god oh my god yeah my friend and got- she's 44 perfectly healthy runs yeah you know, I mean, it's it's people are like, I see a lot of young people out there running around like the classes at University of Georgia are not in. And yet I drove down Fraternity Row, which is like a big thoroughfare here. Yeah. Um, and there was like this bunch of kids hanging out in the yard, playing volleyball, you know, no masks, just in a big group. And I'm just. Yeah, well, I mean, my friend, my friend who had it is already a compromised person. She's got something called dystonia and they don't even really know about dystonia, but basically like it's, it's, it's kind of like muscular dystrophy or no cerebral palsy. Mm -hmm. It's more like cerebral palsy, but it's, it affects every single muscle in your body. And, and like at any given time, you're, every muscle can spasm and it's uh and she moves like her arms move her legs move and she can't control it and it's painful and there was one mm-hmm. time it happened for like 5 months and it never stopped And so, um, you know, and then it's like she also has other issues. I know she's got issues with her hip. Um, I mean, this poor woman has so much fucking medical shit that she has to deal with. And then she got COVID and uh, she didn't have to go on a ventilator. And I asked her and and she did get a mild version, which which I was really happy that it was mild. But I said, so, okay, they called it mild. But what what was it did it feel mild and she goes it did not feel mild uh Mm-mm. but it's mild for covid because she didn't die and she wasn't on a ventilator so um but you know i talked to her while she was experiencing you know, i mean it's she's, like mild in her injuries from an ied are still pretty <laughs> fucking awful yeah you know? <laughs> yeah yeah she, but she like i could hear it in her lungs like her lungs were very uh clogged up sounding and so um She's okay now. I mean, I think she still feels tired from it. And this is, you know, going on two months. So she still has exhaustion from it. But, um, you know, and then she still, like I said, has other health issues. But uh, so far, I haven't really. I mean, and then my, my father's cousin died. Um, her lungs were just ravaged and it was terrible. I didn't get to talk to her. But oddly, her brother got it. So it was like Bar- uh, Beverly got it. That's my dad's cousin. And she was almost immediately put on a ventilator and I think maybe lasted for 12 days and it got to a point where it started to improve and then it just stopped improving and it started going downhill and it was awful. And so um, they had to literally like that. She was, she wasn't, they pulled the plug 
basically. And, you know, it, it was it was awful. And then um, her brother got it. But Beverly's brother, Larry, got it. But Larry, for some reason, even though he's overweight, and that's, I guess, part of a... Um, it makes you more vulnerable to it if you're overweight. Um, didn't matter. He was okay. You know, it's like he just... He never had to go on a ventilator. And he was... Uh, after a few days, he was feeling really good. And I think there was like a 7 to 10 day window where, you know, you're in the danger zone. And he got out of it. And then... Right. And mm-hmm. then everything was... You know, he's he's improving. So, it's just... There's no rhyme or reason. There's a steroid I, I was reading about this morning that is an old medicine. It's fairly cheap cheap but it seems to be very effective when people get very sick at reducing the inflammation in the lungs which hmm. is what creates all the scarring yeah. and you know diminishes your lungs capacity to separate oxygen from your blood yeah so that's good news i don't think it's reason to go dance in the no. streets and kiss a bunch of strangers <laughs> but um <laughs> right yeah, I, I we're gonna as a society we're gonna have to turn inward for a bit. Mm-hmm. I really, but I mean that depends. We may just end up with this kind of like medical Mad Max situation where they're yeah. just like full speed ahead, never mind those bodies piling up. Right. Because you know millionaires got them put us on the streets to make money so they can yeah. get rich or. I, I Twitter yesterday, I was saying, you know, it's just like we're money pinatas for billionaires. They just hit us and hit us. And if there's any money left in us, when we die, they lose. Well, you know, you know what I was thinking about, um, especially this particular woman who I call an ally who, you know, didn't like what I was saying um, as far as wearing a mask and being careful and everything. Um, you know, I, I had commented something about all these stupid bored people and i think i just said bored people um who who were sick of staying home and watching netflix uh you know had to go stand shoulder to shoulder in a swimming pool on memorial day and so one of her friends totally like attacked me for saying that like oh my god we've had to stay home and we're just you know some people are more social than others it's like uh, you can fucking go outside you can ride a bike it's not like you're in jail um but anyway I now I'm forgetting. What yeah, was that? unfortunately, a lot of people keep their lives crammed full of bullshit. Well, I, I was so going to say though, I think, think people. I think people are addicted to consumerism, and you know the. I think going to the mall and shopping and and doing those kinds of things makes them feel comfortable and safe. And when they can't, because this particular so who woman, who shops at the mall anymore? Well, I, I know this woman does, and she also likes to go mm. shopping on Thanksgiving, which I got into it with her one year about that because I don't think people should have to work on Thanksgiving. And she likes to thank, she likes to shop on Thanksgiving. So she made the argument like, oh, well, those, those people uh, you know, who are working need the money. It's like the reason they fucking need the money is because they're not getting paid enough. And you know, it's like whether it's Kohl's or Macy's, they're hiring them at 30 hours you know, a week, which is just under what mm-hmm. they need to pay for insurance. And so, of course, they're going to volunteer to work on a holiday because they fucking need the money. And, you know, and I don't know. I think consumerism has a lot to play. I mean, Americans Consumerism, are I feel like, keeps, you know, we've extended adolescence up into, like, the mid-30s now. Yeah. You know, people stay, like, clothes buying, music purchasing, you know, consumers for much, you know, they get one, like, we, we're... Do you know what I mean? It's like we, our parents had mortgages and we're yeah. Yeah, 23 and 24. Um, yeah. But part of that is I feel like is our longer lifespan. Right. 
which up until this year, <laughs> I know, really. <laughs> you know, people were living into their 80s and 90s, and there's really not a whole pressing need to have your family established and rooted in place and, and having a mortgage at 25. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like part of it is, I mean, yeah, it's consumerism, but I feel like most people buy stuff online. I feel like it's more just like people keep themselves busy to keep themselves from thinking about how unhappy they are. Yeah, or how, that's true. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people, you know, in bad relationships have ended up like locked in the house with each other. And mm-hmm. they're just like, wow, I've been really avoiding. This. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's something to consider. Absolutely. <laughs> I thought you know, that I was writing in my journal early on and I was like, imagine if you were just like one paycheck away from breaking up with your horrible boyfriend. Right. Just went down. Yeah. You know, and you're still stuck. But I've known people, I've seen people who are out like moving house. Yeah. No, there are people. I mean, who- you can do things like, I mean, you just, if you, people don't understand the importance of minimizing your sojourns out into the world. But I also understand, I mean, I'm an extroverted person. I want to see people face to face. I want, I really miss hugging. Oh my God. (laughs) I was a hugger. (laughs) It hurt. I mean, you know, I'm, I don't know. It's, this is, it's like, it's going to be, this is going to really test humanity. We're going to really find out what people are made of and who can stand to be with themselves and who can stand to not buy things. Um, Well, I've been, I guess I've been, you know, preparing for this. When I had an outside sales job and I was doing, you know, just going from client to client, I shopped up, I shopped a lot. And, um, you know, I mean, I didn't, I I would usually go to um, like, I'd always know where the good stores were. Uh, like what was that store? Right. What is that store? There was one in Torrance, California, and I can't. It was the Burlington Coat Factory, and they had a great Burlington Coat Factory. Right. And so it's like if any time and I was other in cool Torrance, businesses cluster around. Yeah, business. exactly. Like, and, um, <laughs> there's and, always a J. Crew store. Yeah, there's yeah. always like this cluster of awesome stores. But it was like I would know. Oh, if I'm going to Torrance, I'm going to stop in this store. And I, you know, I mean, I don't even know what it was. It was a little bit of an addiction. Of course, I was I was buying clothes mainly. Although I would buy clothes and home decor. And so I, you know, I spent a lot, a lot, a lot of money that I really didn't need to spend. And then, you know, when I became somebody who worked from home, that just stopped. I still went shopping and everything, but it was like, I don't need as many clothes for work. And, you know, I just, I don't need as much stuff. And so I stopped buying all that. And, you know, I don't really even miss it the only thing I miss now, I just ordered some undergarments online. I ordered bras and, and panties because, you know. It, Does those need to be fitted, though? Well, I mean, I just the went. bras, I, I mean, panties, you know. Well, I bras. bought, actually, you know what I've been doing now for the past, I don't even know how many years, six or seven years. I've been wearing, they look like, like a tank top bra. So, um, because I right. have to say, my. My girls have grown. They were already big to begin with, and now they're just freaking enormous. And um, so I, <laughs> they're so big. And, and so these are great because I can wear them with a tank top, and they just look like another strap from a tank top. And then they kind of, right. they do a little bit of, the cleavage is fucking insane. I have so much cleavage. And, you know, Bob's like, all right. But I don't want that much cleavage when I'm around my dad, you know? <laughs> it's just no, like- my, my friend, I have a friend, I'm not going to say her name, because she's got very generous breasts and she's just like titties are hot honey <laughs> <laughs> she's like i get home at the end of the day it's hot it's hot she's like i wish i could just like pop them off you know <laughs> 
Well, they always said there's um, the boob sweat. You get the boob sweat. It's like when I was an outside sales rep, I would keep paper towels in my car and like like I would take a big wad and stick them under my boobs because you just sweat and it's gross because then your bra gets wet and um, and it's an uncomfortable feeling. Yeah. It's just ugh. I can't imagine putting a wire in there. Whose idea was that? I know. I just, that's very soft, sensitive. T- I don't know. I consider it analogous because men's testicles are ver- made of similar – a denser version of the same kind of glandular material. And they're so sensitive. They're always aching or something. It's just like, and I can't, uh, I can't imagine having that much volume of my body. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. I'm well, sorry, you know, ladies. I mean, I never had, you I never it. had too much problems with underwire, but, um, I just got to the point where I prefer what I'm wearing right now because, um, these like tank top type bras, because again, the, you know what tank tops now, they come with a little bra in them. And so, mm. you know, you kind of fold this over the tank top bra. And if you have a regular bra, you could see it and it doesn't work. And then you have to get the strapless bra and then you have to get a strapless push up bra. And then it makes sure. Oh, gosh. Your yeah. Boobs no. look <laughs> 50 so times bigger. Yeah, it is. So this makes it much easier. So I basically just I didn't buy fancy pretty underwear. I just bought like cotton jockeys and, you know, but I need them. And I needed new underwear before this all started. So it's like, all right. I, I, I got to get the underwear now, and I'm just hoping it fits. <laughs> you can put the former A team on the B team now and have a new A team. Exactly. <laughs> I love clothes. I, you know, and I've spent a lot of money on clothes over the years. I don't buy like things like this, like Gucci or YSL right. or Dior or that stuff that's like $300 a t shirt. That's just, that just, I think even if I had shit tons of money, I would not spend $300 on yeah. a t shirt. I just can't. No, that's but, dumb. That's just I'm dumb. a bargain hunter ninja though. I mean if you ever and I'm a killer online shopper. If you ever need to find something Kimberly, really, you're like, I just need a certain shade of jade green, three quarter length, whatever, <laughs> you know, like I'll be like, Oh, I'm on that shit. You want linen or cotton? Uh <laughs> It's so, cotton blend. How about it? <laughs> this yeah, is such um, a departure from what I usually talk about on this show. So you know what's funny is this show is much more like one of my patrons only shows where we just get more personal. But I like that because I knew having you on that like we could probably just sit here for five hours and talk about whatever. <laughs> Underwear. I think boobs. clothes are way more important than people <laughs> understand. Have you ever heard of Central Wilson? Who? Cintra, C-I-N-T-R-A, Wilson. No, I have not. Oh, God, she's one of my favorite writers in the whole world. And um, she writes – she wrote a book called Fear and Clothing. <laughs> and it's all about how clothes are our psychological armor. Yeah. They make – you know, and they make – even simple items make tremendous statements if we – if they're deployed with style. Yeah. Um, Very And cool. I just – yeah, I was thinking about part of the reason maybe people were staring at me in the drugstore this morning is we I found like black nitrile gloves. I've got a black kind of like bane looking mask. So you were like a Tifa um, like Doc Martens and a black T-shirt <laughs> and these kind of gray steel pl- looking plaid shorts. I just look like some kind of fucked up Mad Max courier <laughs> or something. Antifa. You know, like you're Antifa. You're like a, I'm here for the medicine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I get to go out a little later today. I'm I'm really excited about that. Woohoo! Um, I go out on on Wednesdays and Saturdays. That's when I do our shopping. So, and it was so funny because one of um, one of the listeners to both Bob and me, uh, you know, to his show and my show, 
it's Ted the Cat. Hey, Ted the Cat. Um, I guess I had <laughs> said on his show, on the after party, that, you know, we, I was talking about going grocery shopping, and Bob hasn't really left the house. Just the other day, he finally left the house to go to get a prescription, but and it was the drive through But I wanted to do all the grocery shopping. I wanted to do all of it because I'm more... Um, cautious and you know and I, I just I don't trust anybody I'm going to be more cautious than anybody and so Ted was like getting pissed at Bob saying you know hey you know you shouldn't make Kimberly do all the grocery shopping he's like she won't even let me go yeah <laughs> was, usually I've tried that one no it's not happening <laughs> and it, the, even the last week um, when I went to the because if I go to the grocery store I want, I'm going to take a shower and wash my hair. Even if I'm going overboard, I don't care because all you need is one little fucking spore in your hair and then you touch your That's hair. That's not true. That is actually not true. Here's what? the thing we're learning now. Okay. One of the reasons that healthcare workers get so sick is because the more virus you're exposed to, the sicker you get. No, and I, I know I heard that. I did hear that. But – And up to a certain point, your body can handle them. As a, just a foreign invader like pollen, but it's when we get our system gets overwhelmed and the right. fuckers come in and they, yeah. They well, still, to, I'm going to take a shower. I'm still doing it because until there's any kind of vaccine yeah. or treatment, I'm just, I'm treating this like uh, I'm contaminated and, and that, and I want Bob to do the same because if I'm doing it, then I want him to do it. Poor Bob is just like, you know, bossy Kimberly. is like, you can't leave the house. So it's, he's certainly not, um, he's certainly <laughs> not tell- you in, like the silkwood shower with the big metal brush <laughs> totally. like, chasing him back into the bathroom. But uh, I, it's like, as soon as I put on the mask, this countdown begins. I get to a point where it's like about 35, 40 minutes in, I get what I call mask a pause. Yeah. This is like a hot flash and confusion. It's awful, I know. From like having the mask on for too long and my brain just stops working. Yeah. And I can't remember what I'm looking for. And I, I it's like any, it's just, it, some of it's claustrophobia kind of stuff, but it just, I hate them. But I, hate I mean, them I don't. Too. At least I found some stylish ones. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what's important. Making sure you're, ma- you know, it's much easier to wear the mask though in cold weather and hot weather. It feels like you're suffocating, and I really feel, right. you know, I mean, I know that people who are in grocery stores they have to wear them all day long, which really sucks. But at least they're in air conditioning, and I can handle it in air conditioning. But just the other day, first I stopped at the. Um, at the gas station, which is literally across the street from the grocery store. So I just kept my mask on and it was hot outside. So from driving, you know, putting my gas in my car, wearing a mask, then driving over to the other parking lot, then walking to the store, I thought, oh my God, I can't fucking, and I'm, you know, I'm going to see my dad. Like you jumped in the pool. You were just soaking wet. It was just so awful. And and then, you know, I was talking to my dad and he, he's trying to convince me to go over to his house on Father's Day weekend because my fucking brother's going over there and they're going to have a cookout. And I just said, Dad, I'm not doing it. I said, I love you. And I'll, I, what I'm going to do is I'll I'll see you alone. What We can socially distance in your backyard. I'm not even going into your house. And I'm going to do the same with my mom. I'm not going to wear a mask because it's too fucking hot. But, you know, we'll be more than six feet apart. And, um, you know, and so I said, I, do, I said, I don't want you to think I'm playing favorites because I didn't see mom on Mother's Day. I didn't see her on her birthday, which is in March. And so I said, it's not about, you know, favorites, but I'm not getting together with a group of people and eating. I'm not doing it. And so, uh, you know, mm. my, my poor dad, that's to me, that's the worst part is that, you know, my mom moved here and I was like, all right, I, I, I remember I said to Bob, we were in California and I said, do you ever think about moving back east? And he said, yeah. 
and I said, do you think, do you think that maybe we should do that? And he was like, yeah, maybe we should. And so, um, because his parents are back here. And so, you know, I mean, I'm right. You both have family in, yeah. you know, a three, a two hour driving range. Yeah. And my parents are, even and now closer. you can't see them. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. It sucks. Have you ever lived I in a car like in February? Have and you I ever was lived so in... excited about all the road trips I was going to take this summer? Oh wow, that's that sucks. But at least you have a new oh, it's, car. It's, a, it's the first car I've ever like owned that I loved that I picked for me because I what thought it was beautiful. What kind of car? It's a Honda CRZ. Oh, it's a hybrid nice. sport. How fun! And it's a stick shift, and it's got a big ass cargo bay. And it's a two-seater, and it's just zippy and fun, and it's a great color of, like, turquoise, and I just, like, want to hug it every time I walk by <laughs> it on the driveway. And I, I was just itching to go visit my friend in Raleigh, and it's just like, well, that's not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, it could – I don't know. I mean, he's – I know I, I know that he is doing strict social distancing, and I could conceivably – you know, I could make it to Raleigh on a tank of gas or I can stop with gloves and a mask and put gas in the car and pay with the card and not go in and just pee in the woods if mm-hmm. I have to. Yeah. But um, I really – I just – I can't imagine like going to see someone and then they get sick and you find out that you were an asymptomatic. Exactly. That's the whole thing. It's like I can't – I can't risk it. I can't risk it with myself. I can't risk giving it. I mean I haven't had a test. So – but I feel like what difference does it make because if I go out twice a week – I'm putting myself at risk, even though it's a low risk, I'm putting myself at risk twice a week. So it might not show up yet. But I wanted to ask you, have you ever been to, did you ever live in California? No, no, I've always been in earthquakes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's, you know, but see, it's like, I started to maybe get it with a fear of earthquakes and then there's like wildfires and there's just, it's God bless it. California is a strange Mm-hmm. weird place my mom told me she's like i feel like a hologram in california wow and i know exactly what she means it's just like this is a weird alien landscape yeah. that i've sort of happened upon that i will leave soon but i feel the same way about new york except new york's kind of the opposite it's like everything is way too real there and too yeah. loud and too hard and too close um what were you gonna say about california though well no i, I mean this is i go back and forth between missing it but you're right i mean it's like the, the thing that I, I kind of battle is, um, well, I hate, I really start to hate California. I mean, I'm sorry. I hate, I hate living in Maryland in the summer because I fucking hate humidity. It's so humid. It's so yeah. awful. And then I miss the fact that it's, um, you know, I mean, it's hot there, but it's not humid. But come the fall, I'm, I'm a happy camper and I love fall in Maryland. And then I, and I'm one of these crazy people who likes winter. And of course this past winter, we didn't even have, I love winter. Yeah. We didn't even have a lot of snow. So, and I like the snow. I work from home. I don't have a fucking commute. I don't, although I did the first year that I was here, I went over to my brother's house for some little get together and it was, it had been snowing and it was very cold. And I, I got out of my car and I slipped and I fell and then and then and then my phone went um just like skidding across and it was dark and it was in the street and i couldn't find it and i and i was so angry i'd I'd fallen on my hip and and i got wet because it was like wet ice and then like (laughs) where's my fucking phone and and then i I was a little pissed then but you know i mean I, i go through this thing where i like kind of you know i miss palm trees and I miss, um, I miss a, a certain, you know, there's something about, especially where we live, because it's the D.C. area, there is a very specific kind of person out here, more traditional, people are more traditional, um, 
they're a little bit more, I'd say, like maybe suburban or I mean, in our area, it's more suburban. But it's just I like, think that's what is so weird to me about the West Coast. It's that you meet people and the neighbors are like, oh, I'm an astrologer. Yes, but that's what I love. <laughs> like, that's what I like, love. That's- cool i love that there are just so many different weird kinds of people in la and i mean i don't think that i'm um i'm kind of in the middle you know i'm I'm like i'm weird but i'm not necessarily traditional but i am like i've got i've got some of that desire for like um like a normal life and i I don't want to live too (laughs) you're bougie baby (laughs) (laughs) but it's like you know i I appreciate i was an actor and my friends have always been very diverse as far as you know what they've done for a living and you know i've always i've always enjoyed creative people because creative people are the most in my opinion just for me the most interesting and so um it's you don't meet as many of those types at least at the i'm not running in any particular crowd out here so and and like it's not like yeah nobody is yet i mean you guys had just i mean you were entering that zone where you've lived in a place and you've had some time to like put down roots and start Mm -hmm. meeting people and your social life takes off at about a year yeah in any new place you and And then covid you're going home yeah (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, do you read Vogue? Are you, no. I'm not a Vogue reader, but no. you know who Anna Wintour is? Yes, I do. Do you know who Andre Leon Talley is? No. You would know him if you saw him. He's like big, fabulous, gay, black guy who wears like these fabulous, like colorful frocks and things. And he's very, very, um, and he used to host the Met Costume Gala each year. Uh-huh. And um, they replaced him a couple of years ago with some 20-something YouTuber. And he has gone off the reservation. He was on a Sandra Bernhard's XM show and called out Anna Wintour, who's like one of the most powerful people in the whole mm-hmm. world of like fashion, and was just like, she's a colonial broad. <laughs> she's like, <laughs> he was like, she's just British and colonial and bougie and snooty, and she will die before she lets anything get yeah. between her and her white privilege. And it was just like, <laughs> I'm Leah Tally, no man. <laughs> <laughs> but if that's just totally it, we, your listeners are like, what is all this? Is he speaking English? So, I mean, maybe we shouldn't do it. It was just fascinating to me because I, fashion is one of those industries that like claims to be progressive, but maintains some of the most like old world, ghastly, yes. exploitative policies and practices mm-hmm. on the planet. And there's been kind of a sea well as everything is now thank you everybody there's a sea change going on where fashion people are less savage yeah <laughs> it's yeah. like i was hearing somebody it's like it's cooler now in fashion to be like nice and kind because it's yeah. like we're working in a frivolous not a frivolous industry but an industry that people think of, it's you know it's not life or death it's fashion yeah exactly um, but Things that happen, you know, there, there's all these models that get exploited because they're 13 years old and I they're know. from the Ukraine or whatever. Right. And some predatory photographer or industry executive or whatever. That whole, Those days are hopefully coming to a close. I hope so. You know, I mean, I wanted to be a model when I was, uh, I was like 14. There was, a sh- there was this movie, a made-for-TV movie called Paper Dolls, and it starred mm-hmm. – um, uh, what, what, what's her name um, from Clown of the Cave Bear? The Blonde – Daryl Hannah. So Daryl Hannah, Daryl right. Hannah was in it, and then um, I can't remember who the the other. I think it might have been 
Oh God, she, she was on. Um, she was like the smart, pretty one on Baywatch, Alexandra something. I don't know. Anyway, so I think she was. That whole late eighties, early nineties, when I first moved to went to college, and I, I was not watching TV. So like Baywatch. Saved by the Bell, Family Matters, whatever the Olsen twins were on, <laughs> all that stuff is just alien landscape. Well, she, I can't remember her name. But anyway, this, this was a TV, a TV movie about a girl who became a model, like a model success overnight. And so I had lost a bunch of weight. Like I started off kind of chubby and then I went on a diet and I ate one meal a day. It's so terrible. Ugh, I ate it's terrible for you. One meal a day when I was 14 years old. I would only eat dinner. And... um. So I went from being about 5'8", weighing 170 pounds. That was, you know, let's say the summer of one year to the following year in the summer, I was 5'11 and 125 pounds. So I grew and I lost a lot of weight and I was really, really, really thin. And so I was, everybody was like, oh, you should be a model. And I was still wearing glasses and everything and I wanted to be a model. And I saw this movie and I'm like, oh my God, I want to be a model. And so, um, you know, I, I, I went to a couple of modeling classes and it was funny though, because at that point I had lost the weight. And even though I was still kind of dieting occasionally, my mom and I stopped before we went to my modeling class and got an apple fritter. <laughs> she got her mm-hmm. apple fritter. I thought this is a great way to start a modeling career is eating an apple fritter. But um, but I really never went anywhere. And I was really it's a hard life. Yeah, I was really glad that. Um, in fact, here's I've told the story before. I, I did a a podcast about body hatred, and I told the story. But basically, mm-hmm. when this all went down. Um, my mother f- met this man who was an age, or no, I'm sorry, he was a manager, and he decided that he was going to take me on. And so I went to his office, and he said to me, and at this point, I think I weighed 130 pounds, and he said, "You need to lose five more pounds." And so I was <coughs> like, "Okay." And I came back like a month later, and I hadn't lost any weight. And I told him I lost five pounds. He's like, "Now that's what I'm talking about." So he just believed me, and I hadn't lost any weight. But that just goes to no, show you. No, five pounds is nothing. You can yeah. do five pounds by drinking like six glasses of water. Well, I wish. I wish. I fucking wish now, but um, not not anymore. <laughs> when you're when you're perimenopausal, that doesn't happen. But um, at the time, I remember feeling really relieved that once I decided, because I told my mom after we signed this five-year contract with this guy, um, I said, you know, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it anymore. And she's like, Kimberly, you signed a five-year contract. And I'm like, I don't want to do it. And then he wound up skipping (laughs) town and uh, we never heard from him again. So you know, that was that. And I, even at a young age, I recognized that I didn't want to be a model. I wanted to have a normal childhood. And I was kind of an exception because I really enjoyed my high school years. I had a lot of fun. I mean, I definitely fucked up the 10th grade because I went to the school that was, um, I'd never been to any school like it before. It was Every, like there, there were so many different cliques. There was the ska clique and the new wave clique, and everybody had their. Oh, this fashions. would have to be in California yeah. then. And, and, but I mean, I went to a lot of California schools a lot. We had like a ska kid at my school. <laughs> well, we had like we had Sad the ska group wearing thing. <laughs> and, but it's like this was like a fashion show, and popularity was the game. That's all it was about. So all I cared about was popularity in the tenth grade. But. I mean, outside of that one year where I happened to fail three fucking classes, um, I failed French, math, and science, and uh, all because I only cared about clothes and, and, and popularity. But outside of that one year, which I still had a lot of fun, you know, my high school experience was great. 
I had a fun time. Most people say that they, you know, that they had a terrible time in high school. And it's like, you know, I had some, there were some bullies occasionally in, in school. But in high school, I was practically six feet tall. I was just left alone. And, um, you know, I just. You know, I, I figured that high school is where I learned everything I needed to know about bullies. Because there were bullies that were like hell bent on making me miserable. And I remember like the first day. And this has been going on since, you know fourth or fifth grade when I just became, you know, when it became apparent that I was way more feminine than most of the boys. <laughs> um, and I like walked into school on like the, I can't remember if it was junior or sophomore year now. And one of these guys came after me and I was just like, he was like, faggot, faggot. And I was like, yes. And <laughs> I was like, it is not going to be like this this year. Um, and it just, it was weird. Cause I realized that when you charge straight at the bullies, they always fold. And this is yeah. one thing that Democrats and everybody needs I to know. learn about these asshole Republicans yeah. uh, is that when you, you know, the bullies are cowards, mm -hmm. period. It's what makes them bullies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, You do not get bully without cowardice. Right. It just it's one. They are not like they are an atom that is indivisible from itself. Yeah. So the way to stand, and you've seen how Trump, anytime Nancy Pelosi stands up, yes. he just crumbles like a sandcastle yeah. under a wave. It's just, he's got nothing. And I just wish people would be braver in office, that they would just not be worried about what Tucker Carlson's going to say about exactly. them. In fact, invite what Tucker Carlson's mm -hmm. going to say about you because it will spread your message. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which yeah, is, totally. you know, back to AOC and people like mm -hmm. that. I think she's figured it out. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Whether whether you like her or not, the way that she plays the right is absolutely perfect. She is able to um, throw their shit back in their own faces. And I, I, I in a I way really... that it highlights their own prejudice. Yeah. And like the whole premise of their question is founded in racism. So, yes. Yeah, it's. We, we need more people. And I mean, I know that there are people out there. I don't know if any listeners to the show, but I know there are people out there that don't necessarily like her. And it's like, um, nobody's going to be perfect. Nobody's ever going to please you 100%. And, you know, I mean, I kind of reserved my judgment on her. I, I wasn't sure. I had liked what I saw. But I wasn't sure if she was going to play nice. And, you know, and the thing is, is I want our party to improve. I want our country to improve. But I don't want... Uh, finger pointing and fighting, infighting, especially at a time when um, Trump is, you know, up for re-election. We can't. I mean, when I was, um, it's I was, a good thing we have so much control over that, right? I know it's, it really is. But when <laughs> I all listening to us, when I know, <laughs> I know, uh, when I was. That, it was back in 2013 and I was writing blog posts. I was playing like the bad cop with the Democrats in Congress who were not supporting the resolution to remove the deadline from the ERA. So, you know, like my big famous story is about Mark Warner in Virginia where, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. he was basically his um, chief of staff was patting us on the ass. And I was like, you know, there were women on the, uh, you know, on the ground, knocking on the doors, getting meetings, and they were trying to convince him, please have Mark fucking sign this resolution. It's not even a vote. It's just a support of removing it. And so, um, they, you know, they were just dragging their heels. And so I said, all right, here's the deal. I'm going to write this blog post and I'm, you know, you can give me, Warner can give me a, a comment as to why he's not supporting it, 
But either way, I'm going to highlight the fact that he's not supporting women's equality in the Constitution. And so I wrote the whole thing, and it was really fucking like I, I really, really, really went after him. And um, good. And you know, and then I, I sent it to him first, and I said, "Here's the text of what I'm going to release on Monday. It's in the queue. It's ready to go." And they ignored me. And then I let it go. And like three hours later, I get a call from one of the <laughs> ladies from the air, and they're like, "Oh my God, Mark Warner's freaking out about your your blog post." And um, and like within a few hours, he signed the resolution. And I decided that Good. was in 2013, but in 2014, I didn't do it. I didn't go after Democratic uh, legislators who were not supporting it because it was an election year. It certainly didn't matter because we lost big time. But um, I, you know, the whole point here is that, you know, there's there's a time to hold our own accountable in a more aggressive way, and there's a time to kind of relax that and recognize we have problems we have to work out. But let's focus on the bigger problem right now, which is getting Trump out of office, and you know, hopefully uh, McConnell and all those people. But um, you it's know. hard to see out of your silo, though, when you're a person who's in like, well, like Black Lives Matter, you know, and. It's people were telling, I'm sure when this whole thing with George Floyd kicked off, initially there are people saying, not now. You know, we don't of need course, to start yeah. this kind of conversation in the Democratic like when, Party. When, now, someone, but we do, when kids get did, shot, it's, it's not the time to talk about world. guns. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I get what you're saying, but I also feel like, you know, with Elizabeth Warren and the way that she chooses to address problems within the Democratic Party, she does so in such a way that it's not an attack. It's a way to say, look, we have these problems and here are the solutions that mm -hmm. I have to offer. I we could do better as a group. Yes. Yeah. And that's the way to go. You know, I mean, especially in an election year. You know, I mean, I was I was shaming him. For not, and I sh I did shame other people, and they didn't give a shit. But Mark Warner took the bait, and um, you know he allowed me to shame him. And funnily enough, he follows me on Twitter. I'm like, like, do you know I'm the one? <laughs> do, do you know I'm the <laughs> one who like totally shamed you? But um, I appreciate you know the fact that he came around. I it, it took me bullying him, and it shouldn't have. It, it shouldn't or shaming him. It shouldn't have to be that far. But. Um, Hey, it worked and I'll take it. And I'm grateful because to me, that's the way politics works. You know, you just, you, you do what you can. Yeah. And, but again, when, when, when you're down to the wire and it's like, we're going to either lose democracy or we're just going to save it by a fucking thread. You gotta, you know, you gotta reel in your, or you rein in your, um, your finger pointing. But I think like AOC is doing a good job because she understands that you, as, as pure as you know you might be in your ideology this is a country where we have to make compromises and if you want to get something done you do need to build relationships with other people in congress you need to build relationships with republicans and even though most of them are not i think we're pretty clear as a group though right now on what needs to be i mean you look at the polls and you look at the general direction of the Democratic Party. I think it's pretty clear that the fire alarm is flashing and that we all need to grab. Yeah, but, there's, they, but then there's the fringe left. We need to grab a damn shovel and get on the fucking roof. But then there's you the know, fringe but, left because, you know, certain people who shall re remain nameless um, on the fringe left who used to not be on the fringe left are saying the party left me. And and it's basically yep. Basically, get used to it, buddy. The party's black women. Okay, suck it up. 
<laughs> You're not in charge anymore because nobody cares. Okay, we are the actual people who've done the work for this party, walked the blocks, mm-hmm. knocked on the doors, registered the voters, working in the polls, are black and women of color. And so just suck it up, Glenn Greenwald. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. Just go sulk in Brazil right. with your hot boyfriend and leave us alone. Um, but they so I have not alone. listened to the Kathy Griffin interview yet, and I'm going to do that like pretty much as soon as we're done. But I want to know what that was like. Like, um, how did I well, mean, uh, you did know? Okay, seem, first of all, I just it's been a shitty year for her. A couple of years. Yeah. Her sister died. Her mom died. Yes, I saw her mom died, and that made me cry. Um, um let me just start off with the fact she, that she was really super sweet about Miranda because I did tell her that you know I said, look, I may have to postpone this, and I said, you know, basically, you're a big star, and I get it, but my cat is my heart. And she was so cool about it. And not only was she cool, her assistant. She's an animal person. She's she got is. dogs. She is. And, and I knew that. But um, her assistant even said, you know, when we were booking the show, her assistant said, you know what? We're, di- we're, we're in the middle of COVID. So her schedule is so much more relaxed than normal. So don't worry about it. If you have to postpone, it's not a big deal. So, I mean, that really made me feel great because I, you know, I just, I didn't want to fucking postpone with Kathy Griffin. So, um but basically, she was just everything you would expect. Have you seen her um, special on Amazon? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. The, the Hell of a Story? Yes. No, yes. I, I watched it the night it came out. Of course I'm you kind did. of a fan. I'm kind of a <laughs> fanboy because I just – part of what I love about her, she's so caustic. Yeah. And she's so hardcore, but she's always punching up. Yeah. She has a huge heart. She, she does. works her ass off for veterans. Yes. She is a big animal lover, and I'm pretty – I've read things about her donating huge amounts to animal causes and yeah. stuff. So it's just like, go Kathy Griffin. Yeah. But then the thing that I love the most, and if you haven't seen the movie, you should see it was Stevie Nicks. Oh, right. Her telling of, because like, it was just everything that I want to be yeah. as a friend to people. Yeah. It's like, uh, we're going to go ahead and give us a part of the movie away, listeners. If you don't want any spoilers from <laughs> Kathy Griffin's Hell of a Story, like, step away now and come back in about a minute and a half. Um, the bit where, you know, she talks about Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks and I have the same birthday, Oh wow. by the way. Um, yeah, she's a Gemini girl. Uh, and she's like sitting in the limo and she's like all sad. Remember, because she's talking about Tom Petty and this is going to be one yes, of the first times right. she's performed Stop Dragging My Heart Around since he died. And then she immediately snaps into, so, Kathy, I hear you've been getting in trouble and going to <laughs> interrogation rooms in airports all over the world. She talks really fast. She talks like in yeah. like intense, like typed letters. Yes. <laughs> and, um, and I was just like, oh, my God, that's so me. It's the neck whipping subject change, you know? It's yes. Just, it's, and then she, like, hands her her card. It's like, I don't care where you are or yes. what happens if you get in any trouble anywhere in the world. You call our lawyers. They are ferocious, and they will move mountains for you. Yeah. And will get you out of anything. I want to be that friend. I know. No but, kidding. But, you huh? know, I don't have that kind of money yet, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I my experience was everything you would think. Like, Kathy is a sincere – you know, I – I gave her the big compliment at the beginning because for, for two reasons, number one, it's true. And I, I meant it, but I also know that because of all this shit she's been through with um, the Trump mask and everything, uh, <sighs> I, I, I felt like, you know, it, it, I know what it's like to get a compliment. You know, I mean, I had that experience when I, I tweeted out that I didn't understand why um, African-American people would vote or, or would support the NRA. And I got so much shit for that. I was on the cover of 
every fucking right wing rag, including the Daily Stormer, which is like a Nazi site. And yeah, I know them. So it, it, you know, I mean, and it was nobody from my own side was coming after me. Kathy had everyone coming after her, you know, friends, people she trusted, and you know, I mean, I had a small taste. I mean, I was on the cover of Fox News, although they didn't write anything negative about me. They just wrote what I said. And then that was enough red meat for everybody to jump on. And um, and for several days, it felt like shit. You know what I mean? It's like it just feels like shit to be talked about like and in such a negative way, even if it's the other side. Um, But to have it come from your own side. So I wanted to show her my support. And the truth of the matter is, is I have followed her entire career. I used to watch Suddenly Susan. And um, Me too. I totally loved Suddenly Susan and I loved her. And then I used to watch her um, D list show and I've watched plenty of her standups. So, you know, I mean, I'm I've always been a fan of hers and I've always appreciated that the fact that when she does a stand up specifically, it sounds like it sounds like we're just sitting together and she's telling me stories. You know what exactly. I mean? And that's, exactly. That's she's I like, love ooh, ooh. Her. you know, I may tell you, she's like, and then. Yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah. So I just um, I wanted to let her know that I appreciate it. And then the other thing about it is, you know, she said, I do all this stuff myself. I don't have like these people pushing for me. And I know she has an agent and everything, but it's like Kathy's on her own. And in a way, that's how I feel, because even like for the show, I don't use the corporate sponsors. I don't use advertisers or anything, at least not at this point. I have I had a couple of offers um, from advertisers, but I've turned them down. And I was I was with one advertiser once, and I hated it. And so if I'm mm-hmm. going to do it, I want to really make sure that I like the company and that I trust them because, you know, people don't really know this about podcasts, but advertisers don't pay you for months and months and months. So you do an ad in June, and you don't even get paid until, like, next February. So it's kind of bullshit. And it's not every company. So that's why it's like, but a lot of them are bullshit and I just don't trust them. And so I'd rather just, you know, work on building up my own audience and not having to worry about that. Plus, then I don't have to have commercials. So, um, but, you know, I just, I feel like Kathy in the way that, I mean, she's obviously way more successful than I am, but um, still, she's like rogue. You know, she just does things. she, She calls her own shots. She does what she wants. And, that's you know and she doesn't care she's going to spill the tea she's going to talk shit about you know the people who said you know the the one that really disappointed me more than anybody was Andy Cohen um because I like to watch those stupid bravo shows and I've never I say and that, that's a whole train that I just as a gay I've never gotten on I, I feel like those shows are exploitive they are they're totally exploitive <laughs> they totally um, are <laughs> and they just wreck people's lives people go to prison and I mean just like but they're they're just, just to me they're like soap operas, you know. There's just like the new version of a soap opera, and I I, I think for I'm me, also, I'm such an empathy monster that when people are arguing on screen or really savagely fighting, I am so like I need to I want to just like walk through the screen and be like <laughs> you know and be like you 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 know and just like these people I can't believe what children they're being. Yeah, well, they are. And I'm sure they like, do it for the ratings. Like, you know, I mean, I, I think that some of I don't think it's scripted. It's just that it's they understand fights are good for uh, ratings. And so fights, I think, are pushed up. And I and I and I do think that they have real moments, um, you know, and, and I even though they know they're putting on a show, 
I think there are certain times, like for instance, Lisa Renna's on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and her daughter has battled anorexia. I mean, that's a real storyline. It's the truth. And so when you see her and her daughter sitting down to have a talk, obviously they're aware the cameras are there, and they're only sharing what they're comfortable with in front of a camera. But what they are sharing is is real. And um, you know, and then there's of course the bullshit, you know, explosive fights and all of that. So I, you know, I seen a thing where Lisa Renna like smashed a glass mm-hmm. and was just like. Oh, they, they all me. they all smash glasses. I will eat you. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, okay, Lisa Rinna, not messing with you. But, I, you know, I think I even, like, put a still from that, like, up on Facebook with just, like, damn, Lisa Rinna is a savage. Because, I mean, I don't remember what was going down, but they said something about her, her marriage. Yes, they did. They, I, they were they – were, Bringing her husband, Harry Hamlin, into it. Oh, you know the fight I'm talking about, don't you? Yes, I've seen it. Are you kidding me? Um, but you know um, what? I got fucking kicked off of Twitter for three days or however long it was. I can't remember. 12 hours, maybe. Because, um, okay, so let me just back up. In the Housewives of New Jersey, there's this woman named Teresa Judice, and I guess so. She- <laughs> oh god, that hateful, awful woman. She's so She's awful. Like a, I saw them in the cover of People like ten years ago or something, and it was just like a family of apes. Yeah. And it's like you know, <laughs> Joe's gone to prison. Yeah. The family moves on. Her hairline is like an inch above her eyebrows. I mean, I mean she's there's, oh, they're hideous. No, I know exactly who the Judices are. Uh, but and you know, Judice, like it should be. Uh, yeah, Judice. Judish, yeah, exactly. But there, there was a fight. There's like this famous fight scene uh, where she's arguing. The table flip. Yes, the table flip, and she screams prostitution whore. <laughs> yeah, prostitution. <laughs> so Frangela tweeted something out once. And I laughed at it, and I and I commented prostitution whore, and it got me fucking kicked off Twitter for twelve <laughs> hours because I quoted her, and um, but I, I thought prostitution whore was one of the funniest things I've ever heard because she really is ignorant and she's not she's not bright she doesn't have a very big uh, large vocabulary and so sometimes she says things and you're like oh my god you're so stupid but I can't help I don't I to me I just call Didn't it. Didn't they like, get their own like spinoff show no, for a minute have. like the little lumpen kids were gonna do. <laughs> talent stuff or something i don't know maybe i don't follow yard that apes. i only i only like the beverly hills show the new jersey show new jersey i like in a way because it reminds me of the sopranos they're all like the sopranos families <laughs> and, i mean they don't talk about mobster stuff but right, that's right. who they remind me of and then i watch when i watch the orange county show i i think that's probably the one that's the most egregious and the most patriarchal the women are are so fucking awful and their behavior they're they're you know they're patriarchal in that everything they do is um their their physical appearance is basically ruled by the patriarchy. Oh, they look so bizarre. Mm-hmm. Those women, the Beverly Hills women. I've well, seen there's the, Orange County and then there's Beverly Hills, and there's a difference because the Beverly Hills are the uber wealthy, but the Orange County they're wealthy, but they're they're kind of like more Barbie. Their surgery was cheaper. Yeah, yeah, and they're like a little bit more Barbie. You know, they have a more Barbie quality to them because that's what Orange County is. It's filled with lots of, you know, the, it's, it's blonde hair, fake boobs, white teeth. And I mean, at least when you're They're having a knows, massive COVID ab- outbreak right now. Did you know that? In, in uh, Orange County? Yeah. Not surprising. Huge, they used to call it behind the orange curtain. Like, you call it what? They used to, the, uh, maybe they still do, but the Orange County was called behind the orange curtain because they're so <laughs> freaking, the um, they're so Republican. So it's not surprising to yeah. me. And they're very entitled. No, they had a city council meeting on – there was a thing I saw on Twitter. Did you see that, the video from the Orange County? Oh, yes, I did. About masks. Yes. And they were – All like, the poor Karens who were crying about masks. 
gosh. <laughs> My body expels carbon dioxide, <laughs> and you're asking me to read it back. But they won. God, they fucking won. To breathe. Yeah, it's like, lady, you're not breathing now. Nope. Inhale. But they Inhale. won. That's what they won their case. And that's what's the worst. It's like, oh my God, these fucking women. And then did you see the woman today literally crying because her McMuffin was delayed? Did you see that? <laughs> no. She was in the car and she No, I've had those days, okay? Like it's just, you know. But it was I think fucking I bad. One of the few men it on the was planet bad. Who She's like, like you know, PMS. She's and like, I've had those days where it's like, you just give me the fucking sandwich and let me get out of here. I know, here, but, but this was bad. I think she was a cop. And she's like, I called in in advance and I placed my order and then I'm in line and then I finally get up to the window. And I mean, she's got all this pro uh, 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 pre-story before it, but then she's like, I get up to the window and they just give me a coffee. And then she starts crying because her McMuffin was late. And it's like, oh my God. I Soledad O'Brien had just tweeted something like, you know, I feel bad for her. Um, because let me see if it comes up. Yeah. I feel sorry for McMuffin cop because she's a human who's stressed, exhausted and paranoid and and overwhelmed. I feel sorrier for the people and the community where she works because she is paranoid and armed and could kill someone and never be held responsible. And so I totally get what she's saying. I get that McMuffin cop is stressed out, but of course she's like a blonde girl and she's like a girl. It's not even a woman at this point. She's so fucking young. And, um, it's like, these people, these people embarrass the fuck out of me. I don't understand. I didn't realize that there were so many entitled women um, running around in this country. I, I never, I, I knew there was entitlement. I knew there was selfishness. <laughs> but I'm honestly degree, shocked that there aren't more videos of horrible, horrible gay men, white gay men. Because, I mean, there are plenty <laughs> of horrible conservative white gay men that have gotten their own and they've got their big houses yeah. and they lots of land and money and they are pulling the ladder up behind them. They're just like, fuck you, black gays. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, trans people. And it's just, oh, I hate them. And you think you've met a Karen. Not until you've met a Kyle. <laughs> have you really gone down the hell rabbit hole? A Kyle. I love that. Somebody said, yeah. what What should, we, what should we call the uh, male? version of karen's and i just said karen straight wins chad's <laughs> chad karen's yeah just call them all karen's but what like the river sticks like the boat drivers in <laughs> <laughs> well i actually knew i think he was an armenian man and i think his name was karen but it was obviously not k-a-r-e-n it was it was probably like q u a R I N or something like that, but um, it's like Quran probably. With a different <laughs> right? accent, yeah. um, but I remember, but, I remember. Oh, and I, you know, I just got to say, there was this guy. This is totally non sequitur, but you know, and I usually don't tell fart jokes, and this isn't even a fart joke. But there was this guy, he's such a sweetheart, he, and and he's he was an Armenian, but he was like an American. He's very Americanized Armenian, grew up in America, but his name was Varton. And so when when he was introduced <laughs> to me, I literally thought the person said his name was Farton. And I yeah. I was like, I can't say that. I can't say that name. And then I learned that it was Varton with a V. <laughs> I just like I remember just it still sounds like some sinister planet where these aliens <laughs> come from that are gonna take over the world to give us all like But he was he was one of the like nicest men I've ever like literally nicest men I've ever met in my life. And um 
I, I always felt bad for thinking that his name was Farton. <laughs> it's like I, an atomic particle <laughs> that you just only, it's like they're so fast you can't trace them except by the trail of wind they leave behind. <laughs> you know, there, there's also, neutrons and fartons. I had a car repair guy and he was, lit, he was also like the best car repair guy I've ever had. And I think he was Armenian. I know he was Middle Eastern, but his name, oh my God, what was his name? Um, Nim. Nimrod. <laughs> it was like, oh my wow. God, the poor dude's name is Nimrod. I mean, I'm sure in his own country it's no big deal, but you know, that's an insult over here. But he was like the best car mechanic ever. He was so cool. And, you know, he, <laughs> he did not name. deserve his name. Is he what didn't you're deserve saying. the name he Nimrod. He was not a Nimrod. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nimrod. that was in I California. Think... I miss California. <laughs> what have we not covered we talked about covid we've i know about... we talked about a lot maybe we should just well we're going up on uh, an hour and 17 minutes here so we should maybe start wrapping it up but i want to ask you one political question before you go um i want to know who you support for uh the vice president kamala kamala <laughs> i just i love kamala harris i yeah. don't know why i don't know what it is about her she has that obama sparkle she just gives me that same feeling of anything is possible. We, yeah. we are America, mm-hmm. you know, and I just her prosecutorial demeanor, I think, is perfect. It is. It's very it's wonderful for big huggy, you know, handsy Uncle Joe. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's so um, funny. Oh, my God. Well, so, I mean, I think she's got a really good shot. I think, you know, between her and Val Demings, I think that the argument for Val Demings, though, um, that she's from Florida, I don't know that that would lock Florida, but I certainly know that it would help. But I think Kamala has the leg up just because she did run for president. She's got a higher profile and, um, more, you know, more she people. has that wonderful laugh. And you know what? And this this really has nothing to do with leading a country. But I seriously, when she smiles... It's like sparkles come out of her eyes, you know? That's it's what like- I'm talking about, though. But, you know, have you ever seen our president laugh? Mm-mm. He doesn't laugh. No, she, she can has- laugh, man. And she that, can that have whole fun. spontaneous thing that she's got about her that's yes. just so, like, easy and natural. Yeah. That's I what just, I mean. I, I really enjoy that about her. I really, really do because she is. It's it's like she's extra beautiful when she laughs because it's legitimate, it's real, it's not fake. And. Um, you know that it, she kind of reminds me of my, of my mom in a hmm. way, and that's why I think I like her so much. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, she's I mean, the I'm, kind of feminist my mom is, who like was like, I am, you know, battling in a man's world. Yeah. And I'm coming with perfect nails and perfect hair, <laughs> but I've also done all my homework. Yeah. And I've researched this more than you have. You know, mm-hmm. just like I just think she's yeah. I, think I have a feeling that she's going to be. I mean, I think at this point in time, she's probably the leading one, um, the leading you know shortlister. Um, I, I I'd like for him to announce. Let me say that and, I love Stacey Abrams. Yes, but we need her here. Right I agree. Now. We I, need I, I've her always maintained on... that. I've always maintained that. I don't think she's necessarily ready. I think she just needs to. Um, we need her shoring up the vote in yes. Georgia. We need to get yeah. more people can vote. I don't know if you saw the article. That I posted on Facebook, but they have Brian Kemp's like text messages back and forth with his key vote suppression guy from 2018 when they're like, oh, well, ha ha, no more voting machines in Fulton yeah. County. And it just. Yeah, we definitely ugh, need her there making it right. And you know what? The thing I have to say about her is that, you know, I mean, I, I've I know people make the argument 
that okay yeah she's had a lot of experience um you know doing what she's done in the past but what she doesn't have is it like put 10 years on her that 10 years worth of experience is going to make her even more fierce and i'd rather her i'd yeah. rather have her run when she's got those relationships behind her when she's got that fierceness behind her that she can bring to the table that right now she's certainly fierce but she, i i think she's young and it's like and it's the same thing with like people to judge yeah like first first do that like when i look at people to judge it's like i feel like he needs just a little bit more time. Stacey did not throw her hat in the ring for the presidential race. Yes. Yes. She has been using every day of that time from what I understand, like working on getting, fighting the Republicans on getting, yeah. you know, fair representation on the ballot box. And it's going to continue right up through November and beyond. Yeah. It's a constant fight in Georgia. They know what they're doing. They know yeah. exactly oh, what they're doing. Oh, they know doing. what they're, yeah. And you know what I love about her too is that, she is so articulate. She's able, like, no matter what question you have for her, she's got an articulate answer at the ready. She's just always fucking prepared and smart. And I, I mean, I just put 10 years on that you woman. You know, let me t- I'm going to have to, like, okay, so articulate has become a loaded word without us realizing it. I made this mistake a few years ago. <laughs> articulate. Is a pat on the head word for black people. But I don't, but I, but I'm hear. not coming from. A- I know you don't mean it that way. I know you mean it as the normal adjective, but other people have ruined that word. No, and I get it. I get people. it because I'm not trying. The thing is, is that I think. Some, I know that you weren't trying to. I'm just telling you that, like, when and, you, well, like that adjective, gonna, I've had to mark. I get it. And Go I want to say this that one of the things about Kamala, Kamala Harris that I feel that I don't want to say worries me, but. Sometimes it feels like she's reaching for a word, and I and you want to reach it and give it to her. Stacy never needs that. Oh no, no, that's an attorney thing. <laughs> she is like weighing her words extremely she carefully. Is, I mean, she and, is, and I, I mean, if I you totally have friends that are lawyers, it. they do that. You yeah. know, in the serious conversations, they're like very careful, like to make sure that they're using the right, right, precise. Because lawyers and attorneys use words like tweezers. I mean, they really like it's down that, to the that is a good point. Sometimes. But I feel like some that's like, but what I like about Stacey, and it really has nothing to do with their skin color. You know, I, I said the same thing like with Elizabeth Warren before, before she really, you know, fucking kicked Mike Bloomberg's ass, and um, <laughs> and before, you know, I mean, that really solidified it for me. I mean, I, she was my number one choice for president. But again, the way that she speaks concerned me and it was because I felt like she was too soft and I felt like she you know and I, I I'm really happy to say that she pulled it out but I wasn't sure because she's got that soft way of talking you know I didn't know if she was going to be able to hold her own against Donald Trump or you know some of these Republicans and that she would sound too soft and too sweet and so it's like I think she, you know, obviously with Mike Bloomberg, man, she just she just tore him a new one <laughs> in front of everybody and showed us that she could do the no, same. It was like she pulled a violin case out from under the podium <laughs> and started putting together a Tommy gun, like piece by piece, and they just like. <laughs> so I, I oh, want to like be clear that I was not, you know, I mean, with Stacey Abrams, she, you know, I think, and I will say the same Stacey thing. Stacey has got a flow. Stacey she is just the does. kind of politician that Bill Clinton 
was and that she has just got that way with people. Yeah, she and, never you know, stops she and has, to, she's got an go answer ahead. all the time. She's always prepared. Every time you throw something at her, she's got the answer. And that that's kind of what I want. And she's she she states it in a clear way so you're not confused and you're you know, it's like and I, and so I would say that out that of, just comes from conviction. The reason yeah. so many politicians can't speak clearly is because they don't actually have any beliefs. Yeah. Oh, that's the thing I wanted to talk about with Steve Bennon and how the Republican Party has gone totally post-policy. And I just – now we're at the end of the show. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll really, just have to like, do it next time. <laughs> most politicians can't articulate their beliefs and positions because they really are mostly about who gives them money. Yeah. And they, as they have to thread the needle when they talk between donors and donor interests and how it's going to play back in Walla Walla or whatever. And I just – Stacy is – I mean, she she's the reason she can answer fluidly on any topic is because she has thought about it from all the angles because it is in her core. Yeah. Like she believes in this. She is about justice and about like getting the vote to as many people as possible so that we can have our cardinal right as citizens yeah. to have a say in our government. Well, and I'll say that um, she she is able to get her thoughts out much better than Joe Biden. <laughs> you know, it's like she Joe Biden has a stutter. Well, it's not just um, the stutter. It's just the stupid fucking gaffes that he says. And, you know, nobody. Yeah, well, that's you. It's you know, I mean, I know he has a stutter and I think the stutter is, you know, it's coming out a little more as he ages. But, um, you know, I mean, obviously he's a, he knows what he's talking about. He's a nice man. He's a smart man and all that. But it's like I just have with Stacey Abrams out of everybody I've seen, everybody, um, with the exception of like AOC, there's a few people that I think are really fucking on it. I just see Stacy as one of these people that same thing with Katie Porter. Katie Porter is so fucking badass and she she knows how to, yes. to like distill it down to the most basic, simple gotcha bullshit. And I appreciate that uh, characteristic in any what you know elected official politician whatever it's like you're saying it because it is conviction. but she's a true believer i mean if anyone yeah. like you probably if you were put up to questions from hostile journalists or congress people or whatever could talk about the era fluidly and you know yeah without having to hesitate because you've thought about it a fucking mm -hmm. lot right from all different angles you've thought about modes of attack by other people and what they might say yeah i mean that's being a believer and feeling something in your heart and like having the facts is like to me like the holistic way to i mean it's not being a politician anymore at that point yeah. you're like an activist right um, right but it's i think we need more of those people in government because part of the problem with the republicans is they they're they're just weather they're wind socks yeah whichever way the wind blows That's whichever true. way the donor current flows or whichever way power seems to be pointing is where they go and they don't have a policy agenda they didn't even make a new plank for right. the 2020 political convention. They just recycled 2016s with liberal Russia language and all. So it's just we're up. And this is what people like. And they, the only thing that you'll waste more time at than going, what if Obama did this? Right. Is looking for moral consistency from mm -hmm. Republicans at this point, because they just argue whichever way the side is, gets in the most resentment juice. Yeah. You know, and it gets, you know, and so. That's part of why I feel like it's our responsibility as activists, as media people, as entertainers. It's, it's to like – we need to be – like what's the word I'm trying to say? Spiritually sound. Yeah. And like let all them make their fucking noise. Yeah. Uh, you know, 
one thing life has taught me, asshole's going to asshole. It's just yeah. like you might as well blame uranium for being radioactive. It's right. Exactly. Yeah. That's what they do. <laughs> and, you know, they and the, and they're and part of the psychological war that's going on, the Putin-esque psyop that's happening is and that Trump does is he makes us so angry and so emotional that it like it just we get I get just nudged over to the pit into despair sometimes. Yeah. Just, just how bizarre all this is. And so we have to stay grounded. We have to remember like what really counts and what really does count is the people around us, our families, our friends, our communities, our listeners. Hi guys. Um, <laughs> it just, uh, this is a time when we need to winnow out distractions, stay focused on the goal and not feed the trolls, not yeah. respond to the hectoring and the hatefulness and the, but sometimes I have and this to. Is, yeah, this is the back and forth I have with Bob too, because he's like, we have to stay informed. We have to, you know, I'm like, well, stop watching what he says and watch what he does. Mm -hmm. Well, I still have to mock, and I'm going to fucking mock because I feel like um, you <laughs> you're know, kind of a mock star. I, uh, so. I I like to mock people, especially <laughs> stupid fucking assholes like Ted Cruz or um, or you know, I've gotten a lot of blocks out of people like Geraldo Rivera, Geraldo Rivera, and what's that idiot's name who did the. I'll be back in two and two dating show. What was that guy's name? Chuck Woolery. And I also, it was Chuck Woolery. <laughs> yeah. And then it was another one where I, I tell them to stop hitting themselves in the head with frying pans and they fucking block me and I love it. But it's like, I feel like, you know, it's good to mock somebody like that because otherwise what I'm going to say is going to get me kicked off Twitter. So like my first initial thought is to just be so fucking nasty and filled with just vile venom <laughs> I, I think no I'm not going to do that I'm going to make fun of them that's what I'm going to do I'm going to no, use my humor that, but just go report right wing <laughs> accounts for violence and misinformation oh I do I do I do but just like, like I mean every time I'm on the toilet to be honest I'm like let's take out the <laughs> shit you know, we're going to get the shit out of Twitter and out of me. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess I it's should. really the only reason I got a new account is so I can go around and just like report right wingers for violations of policy. You're and such a tattletale. Oh, my God. OK, so let's 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 wrap oh, this, this was, up. But that's how I got kicked off. For the, I know you for, did. Because the right wingers are going around like picking off progressives. Yeah. Like waiting for us to step out of line so they can report us. So I'm like, well, you know what? You're not going to out bitch me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, uh, I got kicked off of, uh, Facebook for the same reason. So, um, I mean, it wasn't trolls, but still the liberals were targeted and I lost my Facebook page and I fucking hate Zuckerberg. But anyway, that's a whole nother show. So let's let's wrap this up. And I want you to tell everybody. Um, normally, everybody, I do an outro. Not going to do that. We're just going to end it right here. But I want David tell everybody where where they should find you. <laughs> I am at patreon.com slash the T-Rex report. T-H-E-T-R-E-X-R-E-P-O-R-T. Uh, and that's the same as the Gmail address, which is the T-Rex report at gmail.com. I'll be on the Bob Seska show tomorrow <laughs> with Jody Hamilton. We are the Goth Ninjas together. We're yes. there every week. And I think that covers it. Okay. Well, oh, what's, your, what's your handle? Compromet Band. Is what? At Compromet Band. Okay. Well, K-O-M-P-R-O-M-A-T Band. Okay. So I'm going to include in the text of the Patreon description, I'm going to put your Twitter account and your uh, Patreon account. So, um, and right then on. of course you can find me on Twitter at author Kimberly and that's K I M B E R L E Y that extra E in the middle of the name. My mom had to fuck everything up. So Kimberly author Kimberly. And then also, <laughs> um, 
I always blame my mom. And then, I mean, one time I couldn't even get a check cashed because they spelled my name L-Y. I was so pissed. I'm like, are you kidding me? But anyway, so you can also find my books on Amazon.com. I've got Peyton's Choice, which is about teen abortion, and The Virgin Diaries, which is about people having first-time sex, and Ain't No Sunshine, and American Woman. So go check those out. And it was it was a good departure day. Like, we talked about politics, but we didn't focus on them primarily, and it was kind of just the day I needed. So thank you for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank Talking you so to much. You fun. So, all right. Well, you take care, and everybody stay safe. We'll see you next time. Wash your hands, wear a mask. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs>